this issue of eating disorders yes. isn't just about losing weight. Welcome to Life, Love, and Family. Eating disorders can harm you physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I was so unique, now I feel skin deep. Count on the makeup to cover it all. Crying myself to sleep, cause I cannot keep their attention. Could be strong, but it's Find yourself constantly thinking about calories. Do I trust what this label has to say? What's really in this? You could be somebody too that has some hidden stashes. Candy bars that are in your bedroom, in the desk drawer at the office, just in case candy bars. And you think, well, I have to have these things. But after a while, you end up just feeling numb. Life for you is a constant battleground. Trying to pass certain areas in the grocery store that you said, I'm not going to go past this and trying to do a different route through the grocery store. Maybe you're navigating and maneuvering, having lunch with friends. And maybe there's even some places that you won't go because it's not a safe place to have lunch. And maybe even your own fridge is unsafe territory. I'm Dr. Greg Jantz, and today on Life, Love, and Family, we're talking about eating disorders. Look, I know because of 20-plus years of working with eating issues, disordered eating, binge eating, chronic dieting, whatever it is, I know this. You hate feeling this way. And you end up feeling very uncomfortable in your own body. And deep inside, no matter what you do, you're afraid that you'll fail. Are you tired of the mealtime rituals? Tired of avoiding maybe even eating with others? Are you tired of saying, I'm going to make this healthy food for the family and I'm going to just eat healthy food and you're eating something else as well? You see, there can be a struggle to control pain. And this way of self-medicating, using food to self-medicate, you realize, yikes, this isn't working. It hasn't been working for a long time. And you're left feeling empty, emotionally sick, and feeling alone. If it's not you, it is somebody that you know, somebody that lives in your house, whether it's a spouse, it's one of your kids, or it's a relative, or you are working with somebody and you're wondering, what do we do? How do I help? And how do I even help myself? 
I've been a chronic dieter and I'm thinking about food way too much. You know, the question really is, am I really in control? You go, well, I don't have bulimia. I'm not binging and purging and, and I, I'm not starving myself, but boy, is my relationship with food a dysfunctional relationship. I certainly have disordered eating. These disorders and what the science and research tells us now can have a long-term, not only physical, but a long-term impact on our life, our relationships, how we don't deal with stress. Here's what I know. I'm what's called a certified eating disorder professional. And I can tell you because of the work that we've done that you can turn this around. In fact, I'm going to tell you a little bit later about a, a woman who, and she shares her story for 40 years, was in the bondage of an eating disorder. 40 years is a long time to suffer. I can tell you that we've had great and lasting success stories with our clients at the center, a place of hope. Our whole person approach can really put food back where it belongs. It's fuel for the body and, and really there's balance and it's really not intended to be the focus of our mind. An unhealthy relationship with food takes away that purpose, takes away that meaning and makes it confusing about what is important to us. Kara is in the studio with me. If you have ever looked at the food on the plate and you know this isn't something that you should be doing anymore, you're, you're hiding it, you're storing it, you're stashing it, you're doing something different with it, or you're stuffing your face with it, please give us a call today. 855-455-3264. An amazing statistic right now is that two-thirds of our sixth grade girls, two-thirds have already indicated that they've tried some form of restrictive dieting. These are girls who are already learning very early on that something's not quite good enough with me. My body is not okay. This is why, I mean, I am passionate about this topic because I see where it takes you. We haven't used yet the word addiction, but really food can become an addiction that can take you farther away and really down a direction that ultimately I don't want to go. We have a mom of a 13-year-old girl. She says that her daughter is always saying that she feels fat. She said her daughter actually is still eating regularly because she's still growing, and she has a very healthy weight, but the mom is really getting concerned about the kinds of comments that she can share with her daughter that won't tip the balance. What do you do in that situation? Well, this is delicate, and we need to be really aware that the sensitive nature of our self-esteem when we're 13 years old mm -hmm. or 10, 11, 12, and we are still forming, and we're also, at this age, very, very aware of our peers. And there's a lot of early comparisons going on. You know, somewhere there was either a comparison or a statement, or a lot of times girls will compare themselves to others and they're feeling inferior. And the first thing they judge themselves usually about is something related to their looks, which goes back to body and body image. So. We also just want to acknowledge, you know, a lot of this is a normal process, but how far does it go? So here's what I'm going to suggest. Instead of putting the attention on her body, ask her more about feeling questions. Sweetheart, is there some areas at school or that you're feeling stressed with? Is there some difficulties? Is there somebody that's being difficult for you? And I'm going to try to use the backdoor approach of addressing her feelings. She feels fat. And where's that coming from? You're going to build that healthy bridge. She needs a lot of acceptance from you. 
You're going to keep finding positive ways to reinforce her. But what we tend to want to do is go, oh, you're not fat. Look at you. Mm. You look great. And we begin to kind of almost get in debate. She goes, oh, no, I'm fat. And you said, no, you're not. You look wonderful. <laughs> you don't really end up addressing the real issues. If you begin to see disordered eating, I remember a, a mom who saw some things going on, but she was afraid to do anything about it. And one day out of desperation, she looked in her daughter's purse. I would suggest there's a few steps to take before you do that. But she said, I found diet pills in my daughter's purse. What should I do? Well, you know, her daughter's a preteen, but she had a lot of warning signs before that. So listen to those warning signs, trust yourself, but do not make the body or food the focus. Now, what does she do, though, this mom of a 13-year-old, if she found a diet pill in her purse? Let's say our daughter says, no, you know what, I, I, I've been taking this or I've been trying to go on a diet. Probably we, we want some form of intervention. If a girl in this age has already been dieting, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot going on. And I think this is where we want to collaborate with a good counselor who understands eating disorders, which is a, really a unique specialty. There's times where really the quicker we intervene, the greater success we're going to have. If you think that this might be something that is an issue for you, you know, there's a wonderful survey on the website. On our website, aplaceofhope.com, there is an, uh, a survey and it's one related to your relationship with food. You can take it for yourself or you could take it for somebody you may be concerned about and answer the questions that way. By the way, it's entirely confidential, which means I don't see it. You're the only one that sees it. Nobody else looks at it because it sends a score to you. And that's your point of awareness to so go, okay, my score indicates that I have somewhat of an unhealthy relationship with food. That's your point of getting the information and going, what do I need to do about this? And I can tell you that people wait way too long to get help. Years ago, we did a survey and found that people had waited an average of seven years before asking for help with what was really an eating disorder. You know, that's a long time to, in many cases, suffer in silence and years of shame and guilt to pile up. So we don't want you to wait that long. You are listening to Life, Love, and Family with Dr. Greg Jantz, founder of the Center, A Place of Hope. Join in the discussion anytime at 855 455 3264. We'd love to hear from you. Today, we're talking about eating disorders. We want to make it safe and accessible to you, and we are happy to speak with you in any way. One of the personality characteristics that many times comes out of a person struggling with eating disorder, perfectionism. And you try to control your body, you try to control your food, and you really become very depressed because I'm trying to be so perfect with everything and I try to look just the right way, I may spend hours and hours trying to be perfect in my looks. I recall uh, working with a gal who, she said, every morning, Dr. Jantz, the first thing I do when I get out of bed is I weigh myself. And then she realized, you know what? Whatever the scale said told me how I was going to feel for the day. That's a sign of a person that's wrapped not only in perfectionism and obsessive compulsive behavior, that's a sign that I'm in bondage to an eating disorder. So we got to break out of the denial of what's really going on here. Let's be brave. Let's be bold and say, okay, I don't want to live in denial. I don't want to live with this unhealthy relationship with food, which means I probably have other unhealthy relationships. It's really just reflective of, of a disorder in my life. 
you know, it takes a lot to, to say that and then be brave and just address that. That's what we're doing today. That's why we're talking about this. And what we're finding now is there's a lot we can do to even help our brain and our body chemistry. We've got to deal with the whole person. We do have one here. My friend is very overweight, probably obese. She's always talked about her weight as if it's just the way she is, that she can't do anything about it. When friends try and suggest some fun activities like walking or to try a 5K or something, that this woman says her body just isn't made for that kind of stuff. I don't want to push her, but I hate to see her continue down this unhealthy path. And I appreciate your love and concern coming from this question. It's obvious that you really care. It also may be that this person has kind of given up and said, you know, I'm sorry, this is the way I am. And we develop the sense of apathy about it. And then apathy leads to really a depressed state about it all. And if we become apathetic in this area of our life, it's easy for that to transform into other areas we become apathetic. Here's what we know to be true. Some of us that can struggle from weight-related issues for a lot of different reasons. We always want to cover the physical basis. You know, one of the hidden causes of failure to properly regulate weight could even be thyroid issues. We know that there are also certain nutrient deficiencies, digestion issues. And so we always, always want to look at and approach this from what's the missing piece to the puzzle still? And I remember uh, talking with somebody who said, you know, I've had so many years of counseling and I'm still struggling with this food. What's wrong with me? And I just asked the question, well, what do some of your lab results say? Have they looked at thyroid issues? Have they looked at what's going on in your digestion? We know that there's a lot in our biology and our neuro, meaning brain and nervous system, that can affect this. So see it this way. There's always a missing piece to the puzzle. Don't give up and resign. Be willing to look and look and look and go, okay, I, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to keep looking for the missing piece to the puzzle. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for wisdom. Lord God, show me what I need to know. So many folks have gotten into a struggle and they condemn themselves and they've had horrible self-esteem and their self-talk about themselves is terrible. Whereas, you know what? There was a physical issue going on and let's address that. A question here from someone who's increasing their exercise and they don't want to restrict their food intake that much because of the increase of exercise, but they're still trying to figure out the healthiest way to lose weight. I know, again, this issue of eating disorders yes. isn't just about losing weight. There's often a lot of other things going on, like you've been describing, but surely some nutritional advice is probably appropriate in here. Yes, it is. And one of the things, have I seen my physician? And there's several reasons. Do I know where my blood pressure is? People may tend to overdo it because I go, I'm going to exercise now. I'm going to do it. And particularly guys, and they are pushing so hard, whereas please look and see what your body's able to do. So always be checked out first. And we know there's so many benefits of exercise. We know that those who can do 20 minutes, even if it's three or four times a week, there's different studies that show just what that alone will do to our longevity. We all know how to eat healthy, but are we doing it? Which leads us to something else I want to talk about today. It's a funny word, but we'll talk here soon, care about orthorexia, orthorexia, because we can get into this diet mentality and it can take us somewhere. Now, I want you to eat, I use the word nutrition. I want you to have good nutrition. And I am a proponent of generally organic sources, but people that take it too far, I'm going to just say it, tend to move away from emotional health. 
Because we take groups and we do supermarket tours like through the natural foods market and our dietitians take people out and we have these little outings. You would see somebody in the grocery store who food was obvious a major stress point. And I can't decide what to buy and they're like emotionally breaking down. Do I buy this organic lettuce or kale and which is the best for me? And it becomes such a major stress point that this is no longer healthy. Okay. And probably not fun either. And the fun of food is gone. Yes. It's completely gone. By the way, that's good. Food should be enjoyable, but disordered eating, dieting removes the ability to enjoy our food. And I want to speak for literally now through 30 years, it's been thousands who I know cross that threshold of recovery and are living different in their relationship with food. Connect with us here at Life, Love, and Family anytime. Our number is 855-455-3264. Wanted to mention a great resource for you if you feel like you struggle with some of the things we're talking about today. It's the book, Hope, Help, and Healing for Eating Disorders. You can find it at aplaceofhope.com. Let's ask for God's wisdom on what do I really need to do to be healthy. Now, we know to be healthy, we've got to deal with some emotional issues. Many times there could be areas of unforgiveness in our life. A person who came along and they were abusive in whatever form and maybe didn't realize it, but today there is the seedbed of bitterness in your life and resentments. And it's difficult for you to have any real true intimate or healthy relationship because of a lack of forgiveness. And maybe we don't even see that that's an issue. So we always want to go, okay, Am I a forgiving person or am I eating a lot of bitterness? Let me toss out the other emotion. Am I eating out of anger? Have I learned to use food as my way of dealing with frustrations in life? It could be normal stresses of day to day. and Well, food's just my way of dealing with it. Nope, I don't go over on the treadmill. I just have a bag of chips. <laughs> then when you get really angry, instead of going and having a drink of alcohol, you just go and eat that whole tray of brownies. We've got to look at the emotional side. We are talking about eating disorders. Our phone number here at Life, Love, and Family is 855-455-3264. We would love to hear from you. We've mentioned Dr. Greg Jantz's book, Hope, Help, and Healing for Eating Disorders, and it's a great resource for you. You can find it and connect with Dr. Jantz on his website at aplaceofhope.com. Now we have another question. My husband is very lean and he can eat large volumes of food. He doesn't always make healthy choices, but he doesn't seem to think that matters since he doesn't put on weight. He is active, but I'd like to have him eat healthier, especially at home. The kids look to us as examples for good choices. This is a very common complaint. My husband doesn't always make good food choices. I'm trying to make healthy food for the family, and he's not being a good role model for our kids. I just want to reiterate that one. That's one we've heard many times as a common point of frustration. Well, I think we have a private discussion with your husband, not a judgmental discussion, but say, well, here, here's our goals with the kids. We want them to continue to make good choices. For whatever reason, dear husband, you seem to eat anything and you're one lean machine, and that is incredible. But I want our kids to learn more about eating healthy. Can we come together on this as a goal? And during our meal times, can we work together towards this. Now, when you go off during the day, whatever you're going to be doing for lunch, you know, I'm not going to be asking, but can we make home 
a place that we really are reflecting more health. And when we are maybe in a restaurant, can we be aware of our choices? And you know what? As we start to make one healthy choice, it leads to the next. So when I make my home a healthier place, then when I'm outside the home, it takes a little bit of time, but then I start making other really good choices. Do you ever see eating disorders running in families? Right now, the biggest debate in the field of eating disorders is this thing of genetics and our DNA. And science has come to the place, and there's been different studies where it says there are individuals that seem to be more prone towards an eating disorder placed in the right environment. So maybe it's a family. It's easier for that person to choose an eating disorder. When we begin to look at brain science and we look at the person that develops anorexia in their brain before that, there is times, and you see different percentages, but they're upwards to 50 to 60% of the time, they begin to see ahead of time genetic influences or brain influences that look like could set a person up for the development of an eating disorder. We know that brain chemistry, some may not have a desire to eat, and uh, those chemicals in the brain, uh, serotonin and dopamine, for most of us, when we eat and we enjoy our food, there's a release of dopamine, that chemical in the brain. We know that for anorexics, generally speaking, they don't release that chemical. So there's not a physical motivation to eat. The body's not responding in a normal way. Yes, it runs in families sometimes because of genetic influence, but primarily we're seeing it because of environment. If you grew up in a home where, boy, there was a lot of dieting and you learned early on that you had to be on a diet, you learned it. We've had a lot of interesting questions today. We're so glad that you have been chatting. We do have one more. I recently became a vegetarian. I find that to feel full, I've had to add carbs, and this is causing me to gain weight. What are some other options for me to feel full? I want to still give my body everything it needs, even though I'm not eating any more animal products. To feel full and to get adequate protein is the greatest challenge. We know that um, I'm holding here some liquid B12 to have adequate B12 for a vegetarian. They have got to find ways to do this. And uh, for you to be able to cover those bases, and you mentioned fiber, usually a vegetarian eating a lot of greens, they're usually not short on fiber. It's the protein that's the issue. Protein's fuel for the brain. Got to take care of that brain. The brain, the body, all of it works together and all of it can be impacted so drastically with these kind of disordered eating patterns. We did have another question. Family member with lots of relationship problems with the spouse has started to lose a lot of weight. But this family member had a stroke and is really frail. Rapid weight loss can cause a lot of other issues, physical issues and emotional issues. So I'm looking, why do I have rapid weight loss? It was in a disease condition or is this a situation where for emotional reasons, there was rapid weight loss. We've recently seen, you know, the biggest loser in a lot of debate around some of this that's promoting eating disorders. And how's a person live when they're off of the show, when there was rapid weight loss? Because emotionally, if their emotional development did not progress and it was only the physical, and I'm going to add spiritual, because who does God want me to be? So we're going to look at obviously issues of controls and this type of question, but People who have rapid weight loss generally will have then rapid weight gain. There's something still that needs to be addressed. That's why the whole person approach is so important for the last 30 years. That's why we see lives change and we've worked with people from all over the country 
for these issues of weight and eating disorders because you really got to be willing to get down to the core issues. There's a plan that God has for us, and I don't believe that plan is one to be in bondage in a relationship with food. We come to a place of learning to love ourselves. harm you physically, emotionally, and spiritually? Have you felt like a hostage to mealtime and food rituals? The good news is you can begin regaining that control over your eating and your life today. You can choose to start taking steps to take your life back. We'd love to help you do just that. I'm Dr. Greg Jantz, founder of The Center, A Place of Hope. Together with Dr. Tim Clinton and Life, Love, and Family, we have the resources that you need to get started. And you can begin making different healthy food choices and find the freedom that you deserve. Call us anytime at 855-455-3264. 855-455-3264. And thank you for listening to Life, Love, and Family. If you'd like to share what you've heard today, you can hear this program again or send it to somebody you love 
from our website, lifeloveandfamily.net. There is real hope, and there's help, and there's healing for eating disorders. Your body is a temple, and God loves you. Life, Love, and Family. You know the feeling where you're tired and unmotivated, and sometimes you get mad for no reason. And maybe you don't like what it's doing to your family or to your job. That's why the Center for Counseling and Health Resources has been there for people for more than 30 years. They take a whole person care approach that'll look at everything from your nutrition, your vitamin balances, your mind, your spirit. Call 1-888-771-5166. Or for help right now, visit aplaceofhope.com. 